you're listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration, a podcast dedicated to helping software executives stay on the cutting edge of sales and marketing in their industry. Let's get into the show. Hi, welcome to B2B Revenue Acceleration. My name is Aurélien Mottier, and I'm here today with Justin Michael, VP of Sales at UAP and author of TQ. How are you, How are you Justin? Doing well, thanks. Yeah, another... Uh... Early morning here out in uh, Santa Barbara, California. I, uh, yeah. I work for a startup in Tel Aviv, so 6 a.m. and 7 a.m. Are, are my friends. <laughs> That's what you've got to do when you're in California, unfortunately, you know, wake up like this cost. Uh, so, so today we will be talking about your new book, How to Achieve Superhuman Sales Engagement Skills. But before we get into that conversation, uh, would you mind just introducing yourself to the audience and, and just tell us more about your background in B2B sales? Yes. So to put it in a nutshell, I have been in sales for 20 years, which I think is not too unusual. I kind of rode the SaaS wave in 2007, getting into software as a service. And I worked for Sean Parker in like a nonprofit fundraising tools company. And then I did work for Salesforce and LinkedIn, and then a dozen different startups over the years, mainly in mobile advertising and marketing automation, which are kind of fields that touch on artificial intelligence and machine learning in pretty cool ways as it comes to predictive analytics and programming customer journey touches, right? Very exciting B2B and B2C space. About, gosh, a few years ago, three, four years ago, they did an international search for kind of one of the leading top funnel or SDR minds because there was a group of engineers that wanted to build an artificial intelligence that would mimic or replace prospecting. Now, if you think of drift okay. with automation, and so inside sales.com, which is now Zant, they do a contest that's a survey. And the number one guy in the world is ben, was Ben Sardella at the time, was the co-founder of Datanize. So I reached out to him. Well, he was working on this stealth project and we started talking about these themes and we were so on the same page with our philosophies about this. They flew me to San Francisco and I was able to talk similar to this podcast for two to three hours about all the techniques and stacks that I used. And so they yeah. decided to put me in there and we grew that business to about a hundred concurrent customers. And what we were doing was automating sales development. So we replaced human beings. We really ended up augmenting and serving, you know, there were no SDRs fired, don't worry. We really augmented what they were doing, but we built an artificial intelligence level that could simulate outbound prospecting. And we acquired a Swedish company that did personalization injection into outreach and sales loft. So I was running a hundred concurrent, you know, outreach sales loft instances, <laughs> pulling wow. a ton of data from the nav, sent a million emails in a year, tried every stack you could imagine. And, uh, you know, was part of this effort. The, the company has since been acquired. And I've since that time been a regional vice president or vice president in ad tech, advertising technology companies. But I've developed systems and principles that have given me the ability to have the output of five people, 10 people, right? Outreach says 100 people. So I decided to put it down in the book, right? I decided to look at things like, you know, 80-20 rule or ways that you can figure out how to do something one time, like a paper prototype. Like you can figure out how to create this amazing sequence of email once and then scale it to an entire total addressable market. And so that's what the book's about. It's all these growth hacks, similar to like how Max Altschuler wrote on Sales a Hacker and then wrote like Hacking Sales, the book, and explains all the technologies. My book, and if you think about like predictable revenue, which defines the SDR and AE model and the novelty of supply chain, like it was a big deal in 2011 for Aaron Ross to say, you should have an SDR. All they do is open business. And then in AE, all they do is close business. And so 
He defined that. What I'm defining is like the Jarvis Iron Man suit. In the paradigm where everything's SDRAE, we're all sitting here remote. There's no field sellers because no one can leave their house. Everyone has a stack, a bunch of technology, whether they're an SMB and it's HubSpot or whether they're full scale and they have outreach or lead IQ, they have all this technology. They're probably not using it. They've probably re- over relied on events, dinners, inbounds. <laughs> now yeah. they're at home. Uh, events and dinners, they will have to, uh, at least for now with COVID-19, yeah. I think people will have to park that aside for a little while. Yeah, so I was just kind of rolling along and got a co-author with my mentor, Tony J. Hughes, who did combo prospecting and the Joshua Principle. He's had some best-selling books in Australia. And I've worked with him. His B2B profile on LinkedIn is the third, has 315,000 followers. So other than Jill Conrath and Mark Hunter, he has like this huge presence. And we were going to yeah. just release this on his label, like a Harper Collins or something. And then all of this stuff hit. And so we decided to crowdsource the book. We put it into a shared Google Doc. We got it to 20,000 words, now 40,000 words. Usually a sales book is about 60,000 words. And we have 400, 500 thought leaders in there. The who's who, these are the C-levels from all the tech stack technology companies. These are all the frontline reps. These are all the appointment setting businesses. And everybody's gone in there, left comments, edited it, and made sure that everything's right in it, right? Like how your deliverability, how many emails you can send every day, how the tech stacks talk. Um, who's been acquired, you know, it's, it's so relevant and up to the minute. Yeah. The issue with releasing it in six months is all the tech could change because <laughs> of M&A. What I really wanted to write was like learning how to learn. This is a meta framework. You're sitting here in 2025, 2030, and your job is to hunt for new business. And you're not going to do that single channel, single technology, right? Like right now, 70% of your time is administrative tasks because you have to figure out your CRM and your dialer and your sequencer and your email platform and your data sources, right? So a lot of companies do throw up their hands and hire someone like you, right? Or look for a third party, which is great. But then a lot of companies have their own internal resources and a heavy, heavy investment in these technology platforms and the adoption is super low. So that's my 36,000 foot intro. It was a a mouthful. Okay. You know, it's good. And then motivation, because obviously I've been part of the of the email exchange and, and the crowd, and I've not been able yet to contribute to and, and, and share my thoughts with you. I've seen some people reacting very well. I've seen some people kind of, you know, being a little bit more uh, reticent, <laughs> if that's the right word, but you know, people kind of, and it's good to see that fight of, of sorts. And, and, and I think this is what will achieve a very good you know, end product. But, but what's the real motivation from your side? And I guess the reason why I'm asking you the question is because you could take all that knowledge and, and make a fortune for yourself with it. So why would you share it like that magic trick and show to everyone how to, to do the trick? What was the, what's the motivation behind that? Yeah. So I just turned 40 and. I actually spent the first 10 years of my career doing call center stuff and working in technology incubators. I don't have a college degree and I use these systems to, you know, work all the way up to LinkedIn and Salesforce just by working mm-hmm. super hard. I work super hard, but I could work harder than the next person because I use technology. I also have a brother that's an inventor at Google. So like this type of stuff runs in the family. For me, I am motivated to help sellers everywhere to understand this stuff. You know, who knows what the future is? Like, I really see myself as maybe not the next Aaron Ross, but somebody that is having that kind of impact on the technology sector when it comes to predictions. So one of the blogs I wrote was called Sales Runner 2049. I love Blade Runner. I've met Rutger Hauer. It's like my favorite movie. (laughs) Yeah, okay. I had the laser disc with the uh, alternate ending with Edward James almost and the uh, 
<laughs> paper crane. At the end of the day, you're thinking of the future like Nexus 7 replicants, right? You're thinking of 2035, 2050, Thomas Tungus. You're thinking of Ray Kurzweil and the singularity. There is a time in the mid-2020s where very similar to an Uber self-driving car, fast-moving startups, A round, B round, raise $10 million. What is generating the meetings is pure artificial intelligence. SDRs are not gone. Sales development reps are analysts. They're sales engineers. They're doing SQL polls. They're sitting in front of the targeting programming. You've already seen with companies like Bombora, like a Quantcast model, where it's possible to see anonymized surge data to take a TAM, a total addressable market, to look at all the accounts in an ABM or an account-based sales development, ABSD perspective, and see who is searching already for your service and to prioritize those. And so systems like Xant, like InsideSales.com, I talk about in the book, they're becoming predictive. So we have these mega trends of, you know, the manual calling, emailing the person doing all the admin goes away as technology becomes better. I think there's going to be a return to innocence, which I've talked about, which is that SDRs now are selling full time. They're just closer to the customer. The technology is delivering them the leads and the appointments, and they're on the phone doing discovery, qualification, and medic. So yeah, my, my intention is you know, really to be the best that I can be as a rep. It's not to tell people how I'm a better rep than you. It's to empower you wherever you are to go on this journey, crawl, walk, or run, to fuse with your technology stack, to accept it and absorb it. There's a massive battle online, social selling versus cold calling, (laughs) old school versus new school. But like I predict in my writing, it really doesn't matter because the jobs as we know them right now don't exist in five and 10 years. Because the technology is so advanced, you know, it's like it's bots, like high frequency training. Like there's just things like drift is the perfect example, drift automation. You hit the front of the site and you start talking. You're not talking to a person. You're talking to a pre-programmed artificial intelligence with decision trees. If, if this and that rules engine, it's crunching big data. You ask it a question. It looks at 5,000 answers that question selects and then gives you an answer. You can't tell that you're talking to a robot. <laughs> um, yeah. You've seen Google Duplex where the phone call is made with natural language processing to the restaurant to book, book a dinner and the person on the other side of the phone can't tell that that's an artificial intelligence calling them. It's really hard to give a straight answer. I don't know where I fit into all this. People read my book and thought of me as like John Connor and Skynet. They're like, it's just too far out there. Like this could be used for evil, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So, so, there is one quote in, in your book that says, and I think you may have already kind of answered that question in a way. This book is about helping people emerge from the fog of failure to instead execute at new levels of effectiveness. Why do you think salespeople are failing and how do you see technology helping them to succeed? Because if we mention like artificial intelligence and voice, like robot voice at the outset and how do you working with the BDR that you already mentioned about the BDR or the SDR being a bit more, how would that technology empower them if not replace them? Yes. So what I realized from the initial blog post is that this type of futurism is fun. And I'm going to be interviewed by an analyst from Forrester to talk about the the more distant future, just like we don't have flying cars and just like we're all in normal Ubers. (laughs) There's a practicality to the current stack, right? Currently, if you're a rep, or an SDR AE, and you're not logging into a sequencer every day. Huge opportunity. Because if you figured out even one campaign in social or one template for email, you could be taking that and expanding it 10x. And, you know, right now there's a, a series of tools that are very effective that you can 
basically double, triple your efforts. Now, there's some authors that talk about 10x moonshots and 10x rule. If you just send out 10 times more or work 10 times harder, it's not going to help you. It's about first identifying the 20% of your activities that are most effective and then doubling down on those. And so 10x activity in action only really helps to scale you if you're picking the right levers and the right effective actions. And so these systems have analytics. And the analytics are mysterious, right? You can send an automated campaign and you can see that your open rates are 30% and you have 50 replies. Well, without sentiment analysis, 49 could say remove. So that could be a very bad campaign where he's the exact same campaign with a different subject line could have a 20% open rate and five replies, but those five replies have a high propensity to become an opportunity. So, you know, this is all very daunting to a modern rep, but if you just start to scratch the surface to try to automate or semi-automate some of your activity, you'll be so surprised at the effectiveness and the productivity increase. You know, less is more, do more with less. That, that's what yeah. I'm mean to do. There's a paradox as well, because, you know, recently we've, we've heard about challenge yourself. We've heard about you need to do your research before you actually engage with someone. And I appreciate, you know, a drift is okay. If someone calls you, someone calls you in, having an automated voice kind of, you know, leading them to the right people and all that, it's okay. But when you do an actual proactive call out, and particularly if you sell something in the multi-million dollars, complex sales, and, and, and also sometimes a, a disruptive product. Okay, where you have a concept that you know is not doesn't have a category, so you're not selling I don't know a server or storage or firewall or an endpoint security product. You've got something that is a little bit more of a, hey, this is a new category I didn't know that, that exists. How can this, the artificial intelligence actually support you around that? Because they can't. I mean, I don't know if they can. Maybe they they, they do. But how do you tell our research? How do you adapt the message? Because Artificial intelligence, I would understand, you know, it's kind of an algorithm and you say that you go there. So it's kind of a scripted approach. You know, it's an algorithm. Yes, you go there. No, you go there. Okay. What about that human feeling, the research, the, oh, I'm having the conversation. I'm feeling that is going that way. So I will adapt to it. Can you tell her with artificial intelligence? Can you actually do the proactive properly for multi-million dollar deals and engaging with C-level prospects? So there's two two answers to that. One, the technology is not there yet. Our, the technology that we acquired had the ability to do things like technographics, psychographics, and demographics. So let me let me answer this in three ways. One, our emails passed the Turing test because we could figure out connections in common and we could connect figure out companies in common and interests in common and mention those within a template in a way that the email was personalized enough that it was indistinguishable from having written by a human. And there was a lot of setup that happened. For example, if I tell a machine to find connections in common and I start emailing my friends on LinkedIn, it's going to reference Max Altschuler every time <laughs> or it's going to reference Reid Hoffman every time. So that's a fail. So the system has to be smart. So you have to be able to stop the system and write about your most common nodes and connections so it knows to prioritize suppression lists and who not to mention. So it's doing the next order down. That's just to nail the connections in common piece to automate it. So I'm just yeah. giving you a sample of how human intervention, along with artificial intelligence, pre-programmed and thoughtful, can work. This book is really not about that. This book acknowledges that we don't have the flying car. This book is about technology quotient, which is one's ability to become adept at the tech that exists now. So for every rep okay. reading now, they become, once reading it, 5% better today with whatever the tech they have, whether it's HubSpot, Salesforce. Sales loft outreach, 
Sales Navigator, Lead IQ, Zoom Info, just thinking of the major players, right? I have things like Connect and Sell in there, things like Connect Leader and Orum, right? A super automated calling where you're dialing thousands. This addresses all the current technology mostly because I found in a world where we all have the exact same technology, like if I'm at on a floor of 200 SDRs, the SDRs that did the best are the ones that obviously are calling, but also are embracing all the technology. So this is going to help you rapidly assimilate and understand whatever tech stack you have. So I created meta frameworks. So here's how to quickly learn any UI, any UX. Here's how to quickly use all these families of software that are being built. The future is far away. And you're right. And that's like, I was involved in spending you know, millions of dollars trying to trying to figure out how to use AI for sales. And we never even went there. We always said it was humans and machines because we always acknowledged the limitations of, of current artificial intelligence. Um, what if is the job is really, really hard. Like what the job actually is, if you're doing outbound hunting, is you're sitting looking at a computer. The computer is always on Sales Navigator because there's 675 million prospects. They're looking for the target list on Navigator. Then they're going to email manually or their SDR is going to start sequences and usually sales loft outreach. I like to mention Zant because InsideSales.com is pivoted and it's this really cool platform. A lot of people don't know what they're doing. X-A-N-T, Zant. Tertiarily, you have a data source because you're like, ah, I need emails because LinkedIn does not give you emails. So you need a working email and a working phone. And then most people don't call. So you have this silent sales force. Now, here's the other thing. My brother's a technologist. In 2002, you had... In the Fortune 1000, you had like 200 CMOs that could buy advertising technology, and you had 234 vendors selling to them. Now, in 2020, you have 7,200 vendors, as you see in the sales technology. So it's because, similar to the music business, where you can make a recording as good as Michael Jackson in your bedroom, <laughs> because of Moore's Law and transistors, you know, <laughs> basically, the technology is sophisticated enough that anyone can start a SaaS, right? Um, with technologies like Amazon Web Services, anyone can just code a startup company in their garage, right? Larry and Sergey who started Google started in a garage, right? But right now, it's just so easy to start startup companies. So here's what you have. You have more startup companies than ever, pre-corona. You had the biggest funding rounds ever. 40% of the funding rounds in 2019 were over 100 million. Why? Because they don't want to do an IPO because they don't want to show the fundamentals, right? There's been some massive companies that have IPO'd and tanked because they were running like a startup company and Wall Street didn't like it. Now, here's what you have. When you have enough companies raising $100 million and enough companies that are exactly the same commoditized, what do you have to do? You have to hire an army of SDRs. Can't pay them well. SDRs are gone in a year and a half. Every SDR I've ever trained is trying to be an AE. I help them get there because they want to get 50-50 splits. They want the commission. The CFO is saying, I can't give big commissions to my openers because you can't bite the apple too many times because you ultimately close the deal, have to have the margin, have to pay the AE, have to pay management, right? So what started to happen is what I call the Cambrian explosion of vendors. And what this means is you as the CEO are getting 250 emails a day. The majority of those emails are coming out of a blast sequencer. And so you have this problem. If you try to level the playing field, all of the best shops are using automation already, pre-programmed sequences. They're getting into the inbox. Usually Google is getting better and better at deliverability. So like they're sending way too many emails. They're getting spam listed. All of it says, hope you're doing well, reaching out. All the emails sound exactly the same. It's a white wall of noise. The C-level shuts off their LinkedIn or they put their executive assistant in it. They retreat. They don't answer the phone. Now, if you look at phone calling in the US, nine times out of 10, when my phone rings, it says robocall spam caller. I answer it every time. Three, four, five of those calls were gone, chorus, and Zoom info, these awesome reps. It's literally, if my phone is flashing red, do not answer spam call, and then it's a rep from Zoom info. 
my contact rates on 100 dials were probably three to five. In 2007, 13 years ago, my contact rates were seven out of 10. If I use robo dialers like parallel assisted dialing like Connect and Sell, I can make thousands of dollars and connect once in every 43 times. Here's the other thing the decision makers and the people that have the money in this economy do not answer to cold email sequences and they do not pick up the phone. I don't care what hour of the day. They become aware of things that annoy them and they deploy <laughs> their staff. Go read that white paper. Go download that. They delegate off the horrendous task of being sold to, right? It's a, it's a buyer's world. So a lot of what this book was about in Combo Prospecting, where I was featured, is about how to leverage all the existing technologies that we have now to create omni-channel blends, to create multi-channel outreach, and to start automating it so that you can have some breakthrough. Because there's just so much stacked against you for effective outbound now, largely because a lot of this stuff has been adopted. So that's, that's my answer to AI. I think if you purely rely on an appointment setting, you won't get there. If you purely rely on just email automation, you won't get there. If you purely do phone calls, you don't get there. You have to take your entire tech stack, create flows and touch patterns where you use all the technology you have and create efficiency on A-B testing the blends of that technology. For me, it's Sales Navigator, Lead IQ, because I have direct sell, cell phones, and something like you know maybe a Persist IQ, like a boutique you know, outbound mechanism for high deliverability. And then it's knowing the throttles. If you add too many people a day on LinkedIn, they shut you off. You're in LinkedIn jail. If you send over 250 emails on Gmail, they shut you off. You can get your, your, your domain blacklisted, right? If you sideload your domain, there's issues with that. It's really, really tricky now with GDPR and CCPA. So there's a, there's a lot of pitfalls. That's all explained in the book. Good. Well, thanks for your insight, Justin. I really appreciate the, the fact that you took the time to share uh, all your thoughts with our audience today. Lots of food for thoughts in there, you know, and uh, futuristic point of view, which I think is uh, is really, uh, really so some of them are very, very valid. Some of them are struggling a little bit more to see them coming, but I'm sure, you know, with time, things will change and, 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 and I fully understand and fully appreciate that. Now, if, if anyone wants to connect with you or, you know, get a look at the book, continue that conversation offline, what's the best way to, to get hold of you, Justin? Yeah, so just go to Justin Michael on LinkedIn. And you can just send me a message. And for now, I will like email you a PDF or share the book with you. Technology Quotient. It's called TQ, which is distinct from IQ and EQ. And we're doing this because of the state of the world right now. Like the goal is to release it on Kindle through a publisher in four to six months. But this is like real time information. Nothing is stale in this book. It's being looked at right now by practitioners like you. So just go to Justin Michael on LinkedIn. Send me a ping, an invite, a message, and I will add you to the book. I'd love to even get your, you know, your insight on what you think about the stuff. It's a living document for now, and I think it's going to help thousands of people right now do better where they are, which is like my altruistic in, intention now, not to sell a book or service uh, for the time being, but just to help people everywhere, help sellers. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, once again, many thanks for your time today, Justin. It was an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks, Erlene. Thanks, Katarina. Really appreciate you guys. Operatics has redefined the meaning of revenue generation for technology companies worldwide. While the traditional concepts of building and managing inside sales teams in-house has existed for many years, companies are struggling with a lack of focus, agility, and scale required in today's fast and complex world of enterprise technology sales. See how Operatics can help your company accelerate pipeline at operatics.net. You've been listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. 
Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.